I would like to draw your attention, if I may, to the last book, to the book of Revelation. Don't get nervous. I'm not going to make you snore in Greek and dream in Hebrew. We're not going off the deep end this morning of Revelation, but I do want to talk to you just a little bit, if I may. We're going to Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17. I'm just going to read one verse for your hearing, and then I'll have you be seated because I know you've been standing for a while. But we're going to Revelation chapter 17 and verse number 14. 17 and 14. If you're there, say amen. Thank you for bearing with us. We're getting close. We're getting really, really close. We just got a lot going on. We didn't just decide to go halfway up. I got the greatest craftsman in the world working on getting this done. Doesn't it look good, Brother Sawyer? Doing good. It's not always going to be white at the bottom of the screen. That's just drywall mud. But how about the, isn't that screen nice? You can read the scripture finally. Isn't that good? 17 and 14. These shall make war with the Lamb. I love this part. And the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Is there anybody like him? And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. If the Lord will help me this morning and you will help me preach, I'm going to preach to you today, they that are with him. They that are with him. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your great word. I cannot thank you enough, God, for the things that you have done. But as we take a glimpse into your word, it makes me want to praise you for what you're going to do. There's great things on the horizon today, God, and I believe somebody's life can be forever changed in this kind of atmosphere, in this setting. Let your word come alive and let our hearts be prepared to receive. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Let the church say amen. amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, tried and true. And with thanksgiving, and with thanksgiving, I'll be a living, I'll be a living sanctuary for you, for you. Would you make that your prayer this morning? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, 
tried and true with thanksgiving and with thanksgiving oh lord i'll be i'll be a sanctuary sanctuary for you and with thanksgiving and with sing it church Lord I'll be a living sanctuary I'll be living sanctuary sanctuary oh, for you I want to be ready this morning I want to be ready this morning I want to be ready this morning if today was the day that the eastern sky would part and the trump of God would sound, would you be ready? Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Whew, I feel him in the house. I feel him in the house. Turn to somebody and tell them, I want to be with him. You can be seated. The word of the Lord said in the beginning of this chapter that there came one of seven angels which had seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. He gets carried away in the spirit and God begins to show him what he's up against. He saw a woman that was sat upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy. Now You have to imagine this has got to be somewhat excruciating for John the Revelator as he sees this woman having seven heads and ten horns. We don't have the time today to break down all of the powerful prophetic indicators that we see in this chapter, but I do believe that if you can read between the lines, what you can see is that there's a big showdown coming. And that all the powers that have stood against our great and mighty God, that their time is running out. The Bible said that the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet collar and she was decked with gold and precious stones and pearls and she had a golden cup in her hand that was full of abominations. I believe that cup is about to overrun today. It was full of filthiness of her fornication. Upon her forehead a name was written. The mystery has now become known because written on her forehead was mystery. Babylon the great the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. He said, I saw the woman. She was drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, 
I wondered with great admiration. John the Revelator is writing to us of the visions that he sees. Understand this is not a book that is written the revelation of Babylon. This book is written the revelation of Jesus. Babylon just happens to be a part of the story. Because the woman Babylon, the great whore, the one drunk on the blood of the saints and the blood of martyrs, the one that is full of the abomination of filthiness and fornication, John said, I saw the time come when the cup finally got full and God had had enough. And when God had enough, it was time for the woman to be judged. I've heard so many different Prophetic teachers deal with the great whore Babylon and there's certainly a lot of directions that we could go with that today. But this is what I want you to see very clearly. This woman that was drunk with the blood of saints and the blood of martyrs, this woman is not pure. This woman is not holy. She is the antithesis of holiness. She is everything opposite to the goodness of God. She is everything opposite to the church of the living God. Everything that we stand for, she stands against. Everything that we believe, she does not believe. Everything that we have held fast to be truth, she declares that it is a lie. But I'm saying to you that the day is coming when the earth shall see as the story unfolds. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. The day is coming. I feel him here now. The day is coming, John saw in the vision, that this woman is going to ride up. But this is the part that I want to warn you about. The Bible tells us that as John begins to write, we know that he was on Patmos. And we know that he had already been through great tragedy. He had already been boiled in oil. And they could not take his life. He was a tough old bird. John the beloved, John the revelator, they had tried, the Romans had tried to kill him by boiling him in oil and he did not die. And there was a law of double jeopardy among the Romans that if they attempted to kill the man and he did not die, they could not try to kill him again. So they took him to the island of Patmos and there they exiled him and left him to die. I want to tell you that John was not on a Caribbean vacation. It was not the kind of island that you want to disappear to to relax and stick your feet in the beautiful white sand of the beach. No, let me tell you, further than that, John was covered in blisters from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, no doubt. John was oozing from those blisters, no doubt. The hair on his head was falling out because they had boiled him and he had been so burned. If you could imagine seeing a terrible burn victim that had had hot oil spilled on their hand or on, on their leg or a part of their body but they literally immersed John in that oil and they could not take his life and here is John in the middle of nowhere on the island of Patmos and misery is the only company that he has and as he lays out in the open and the sun brutally beats down on his blistered flesh it's amazing to me that in the midst of what felt like the end and it felt like chaos and it felt like it couldn't get any worse the bible said that john heard a voice 
and the voice came behind him and the voice said I am he which was and which was and which is to come I am the almighty you know what was happening the voice that came behind him was not just a thundering voice it was the presence of one who was greater than Patmos it was the presence of one who was greater than the trial I want to tell you I believe the voice that he heard and the presence that he felt was the same presence that those three Hebrew boys felt that day in the fiery furnace when they stepped into that furnace and the fourth man was in the fire John knew who was standing behind him that day and it was something greater than the trial what are you saying pastor it doesn't matter what you're going through today it doesn't matter where you've been today there is a voice that brings calm to the chaos John said I heard the voice and when I heard the voice there was an accompanying spirit that came with a voice. I'm telling you what this preacher believes today. That when Jesus shows up, the atmosphere changes. John wasn't having revelations into heaven sitting on a beautiful tropical island. John was having revelations of heaven while he was enduring hell on earth. I'm telling you that God has a way of descending into the lowest trials and the lowest struggles and the lowest of places. The psalmist said if my bed was made in the lowest hell he was there I feel like telling somebody you're about to come through this thing you've got to hear the voice I want to make you a promise of one thing I know for sure John wasn't confused with the voice behind him when the voice said, I am Alpha. I am Omega. I am the beginning. And I am the ending. This voice had been heard as it echoed through the ages of time. I believe Daniel heard that voice. I believe Abraham heard that voice. But John was familiar with the voice because he sat with that man who was God manifest in the flesh. He heard him speak one of the last few words that he spoke before his crucifixion when he said to John about his mother Mary. He said, John, behold thy mother and mother, behold thy son. It's a voice that he was familiar with. But John knew there is absolutely no discerning that voice I'm familiar with that voice there can only be one who is the alpha and the omega at the same time there can only be one who can be the beginning of a thing and the end of a thing at the same time are you glad you know who he is this morning pastor how is it possible that he can be the Father and the Son and the Spirit. It's the same way that he can be the Alpha and the Omega. It's the same way that he can be the Lion and the Lamb. Come on, somebody. It's the same way that he can be the one which was, the one which is, and the one which is to come. But there's only one Almighty, Revelation 1 and 8. I'm glad I know the Almighty this morning. 
God said, I recognize that voice. It's the one for whom it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness of the Godhead dwell. And so here John is in the midst of Patmos, in the midst of pain. Somebody shout pain. Anybody in here know anything about pain this morning? Anybody in here know something about heartache this morning? Anybody in here ever felt like you were on an island by yourself and nobody understood where you were? Anybody here know what I'm talking about? John was a little burned out. He had been burned up. He was in a tough place. But he heard a voice. And when he heard the voice, the scripture said, John looked up into the heavens and he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Some have argued this. Some have debated this as to whether or not John meant it was the Sabbath day. I'll tell you, it could have been very easily. It could have been a Saturday morning as easy as it was a Thursday morning. But this is what I know. It didn't matter what day of the week it was. When Jesus showed up, it was the Lord's day. Why, 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 why do you say that, Pastor? Well, I want the air to be clear this morning. I don't want there to be any confusion because the enemy lied to you today and told you that he was going to control your day. The enemy's lied to you and told you that he had control of what's going on in your life. But somebody ought to just remind the devil this morning, you don't make the decisions for me and you don't get the final say. It's the Lord's day. Oh, I wish somebody would hear what I'm preaching this morning. The devil can't destroy you or you would have already been destroyed. It's the Lord's day. I have to believe that John may have had a scripture going through his mind as he said it was the Lord's. I don't know. I wasn't there. But John was faithful to the scripture. And it made me wonder if while he was sitting there and he was in all that pain, his body was so wracked with pain, if there wasn't an old psalm that was going through his mind, this is the day that the Lord hath made. And I will rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it yes I'm in trouble and yes I've had my struggles but I will rejoice I will rejoice and be glad in it yes I'm going through hell and yes it's the greatest trial that I've ever faced but I hear that voice and I feel the touch I hear the voice and I feel the touch in the spirit on the Lord's day and he said what I start telling you right now I want you to write letters to the seven churches and I want you to tell them this is what saith the Lord and he begins to write and man when he starts going through I wish I had the time to tell you but as he starts going through the list man we can find out there's some serious problems at Philadelphia hey man they're really really struggling they are really, really, really struggling uh, in the churches. This, it's, like, it's almost like John sees this end time corruption that's trying to come on the church. He said, I see a group of people that they, they have committed themselves to doctrine and to miracles and signs and wonders. But they have, they have forsaken their first love. 
They have neglected their first love. And John, man, I wish I could, I really do wish I had time to preach it. John starts going through the list of all of the troubles and the trials and all of the things that the church is forgetting and neglecting. And he said, then I saw this golden candlestick. There was seven candlesticks on this golden uh, candlestick. He said, I saw and I knew it represented the seven churches. And when I looked at the seven churches, he said, behold, in the midst of the golden candlesticks, I saw him walking in the midst of them. Folks, I want to tell you something about this. Oh, God, if I had the time to jump off in this today, it, it makes somebody at least shout hallelujah. But this is what I want you to know. John said, I saw the church and she had some trouble. I saw the church and she wasn't perfect, but they were trying. And he said, right there in the midst of what looked like was confusion and chaos was a familiar man that was walking in the... No, they weren't perfect, but he was in the middle of it. You know what we got to get back to? We got to get Jesus at the middle of the church. If anything but Jesus is getting the glory, it's not his church. I got I to hurry. He's in the spirit. It's the Lord's day. He's seeing angels. He's seeing the Christ. He's seeing the churches, the seven golden candlesticks. Man, this guy's sin. I'm telling you, you hadn't had a vision until you've seen a beast with seven heads and ten horns. And one of the heads are wounded. I'm talking about this joker. He's off in the deep places of God. I've seen some things before, but I've never seen anything quite like that. I'm talking about it. there's vials and there's seals. And I love it because we're a part of all that. I can't wait for the day that the Lord opens up that vial. The Bible said he's been storing the prayers of the saints there. Can you imagine what heaven's going to sound like when the Lord or an angel or whoever he chooses says, go ahead and just open that. I can't imagine the roar that's going to come out. But this is what you need to know. Every devil you've prayed against and every demon that's fought you and every power of darkness that has stood against you they're going to hear every word you prayed again. Every defeating prayer that you have prayed to let the devil know, I've still got my faith. I'm still standing. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to relent. I'm not going to back up. I, I refuse today. Every prayer you pray that says, devil, you may have backed me in a corner, but I'm coming out in victory. Every prayer you prayed, he's going to hear it again. But this time it's going to be different because this time it won't be a prayer of faith. It won't be a prayer of declaration. It's going to be a prayer that has been heard and has been answered. You may not believe me today, but I'm telling you, I believe when that seal comes open and the vial is open, I believe there's going to be some names of some prodigals. Lord, I declare today that my John boy is going to be saved. I declare today, Lord, that my daughter is going to be saved. And you're going to look over your shoulder and there your son is going to be and there your daughter is going to be and they're going to hear every prayer that has been prayed. Hey, I want to tell the devil something this morning he can't stop a praying church 
I know you get discouraged and I know you get weary. But keep on praying. Keep on fasting. Keep on believing God. It's storing it up. He opens it up. It's going to resound. That prayer of desperation you prayed at an altar on a Sunday morning. The last Sunday in January of 2023. They said, God, I've tried, but I failed. I've tried so many times, but I keep on failing. But today, God... Today, God, I'm going to serve you. Today, God, I'm going to lift. You know, somebody's going to pray a prayer in here today that it's going to be the last time you have to repent for what you've been through. I'm speaking that in faith. Somebody is going to make up your mind today that where you've been is not predicating where you're going and you're coming out of this thing. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to hurry. So here he is, not to sound like I'm a broken record, but I want to make sure this is crystal clear to you today. He's in the spirit. Things you can only see in the spirit. It is the Lord's day. I don't know, man. I don't think I could record everything John did with voice transcription on my phone. I don't, I, I really don't. It's unbelievable. If you read this, it appears as though, now I'm not, I'm not stating this as doctrine, I'm just saying, it appears as though this all happened in one day. That John's just sitting here on the Lord's day and the Lord starts speaking and he starts writing. Now, back then he had to figure out a way to write this down. You and I would have been standing there going, oh my God. Where did that come from? Oh, never mind, I got to write this down. This is for the church. Uh, the Lord... Is now showing me seven seals. Uh, that looks like scrolls. Yeah, I believe that's scrolls. I'm seeing seven scrolls. Oh my. Doesn't look like there's anybody worthy to open that. So, oh, wow. That's a lamb. I believe I know. He's recording. John's got his iPhone out. You believe that, Mike Miller? Got his iPhone out. You guys aren't going to believe this. And as he's writing all these glorious things, he said, this woman comes riding up. I'm in the spirit on the Lord's day, worshiping him in the beauty of holiness and ride in the middle of the beauty of holiness. He said, this woman comes riding up. And he said, I recognized her name because it was written on her head. Mystery. Babylon the Great. The mother of harlots. The abominations of the earth. I knew who she was. There wasn't any question about it. It wasn't like I had to take a second look. God made it pretty plain. It's who she is. This is the one I've been showing you. She's the one that's drunk. She's not just drunk on wine. She's drunk on the blood of the saints. She's drunk on the blood of martyrs. You know, Jesus' brother James. 
that's been, you know. You know John. You know Peter, whom history records that when they hung him on a cross, he said, I don't deserve to die like Jesus, so just turn me upside down if you're going to put me on a cross because I don't, I don't deserve to die like him. Philip, you remember Philip, John. John's like one of the last ones to go. He's the last one kind of hanging on. John's seen, more than likely, he's seen Jerusalem fall. He's seen it all. He's, John's there now. He's hearing this vision. I'm talking about the blood of martyrs. You know, you know Philip of whom history recorded that they hung him on a cross and he literally preached Jesus Christ and him crucified. According to Fox's Book of Martyrs, they said that he preached Jesus until his lungs filled up with so much fluid that he could not get another word out and he drew his last breath. We preach Jesus with a little bit of persecution and it makes us think we want to quit. These guys preached Jesus until they ran out of breath preaching Jesus. And he said, this woman is drunk on their blood. In other words, it's her antichrist spirit that has murdered and manipulated these martyrs. And he said, but man, she was so astounding. I'm in the spirit. I know who she is. And I know what she's done. He said, but when I saw her, he said, I wondered with great admiration. I like to do a little word study every now and then. And I really wish, man, I, I got to looking, I got to digging years ago and I thought, nah. That don't mean admiration. That's a different word in the Greek. Because you can't be in the spirit and know who she is and still admire her. John said she was so captivating that when she came riding up on that horse, he said you can't be deep enough in the spirit that she don't distract you. And I just wonder if John is on the level of spirituality that Boiled flesh, beating sun, jagged rocks and edges, perhaps nowhere to find shade, and still in the spirit on the Lord's day. And when I get weak and tired, I get ready to throw in the towel, you know? I wonder if John, in that state of condition, could still be spiritual, but she captivated him. I wonder what would happen to the carnal-minded saint. That the only word you get is on Sunday if you show up. And on Wednesday night if you show up. The only prayer you get is if you come to the prayer room a few minutes before church. I wonder what would happen when that woman comes riding by your world. Well I can tell you she's probably rode in recently but she may have looked a little bit different. She probably wasn't riding on a horse and she probably didn't have the label on her head. But you hear what I'm telling you today. She's still riding. That spirit is alive and well in the earth. And it is a spirit of distraction. That while God is showing you visions of grandeur in the heavens. And God is showing you revival that is to come. In the distance you can hear the faint hoof prints of Babylon riding in your direction. 
And you got to get yourself prepared that when she presents herself, you are well aware of her spirit and you are well aware of what she represents. But in the moment that you realize who she is, you can't forget who you are. You got to know who she represents and you got to know who you represent. John, God didn't bring you to this vision for you to admire her. God brought you here to show you greater is he that's in you than he he that's in the world. (laughs) Woo! said, there she was. I looked at her. He said, I admired Verse 7, this had to be pretty stern. The angel said to me, and I don't think he whispered. I think the angel said, hey, why are you marveling at her? You stay true and let me tell you the mystery. You stay true and I'm going to tell you the mystery. I'm going to tell you the mystery of the woman I'm going to tell you the mystery of the beast that she's on. Somebody shout, it's a beast. And it's a devouring beast. As a matter of fact, God, I wish I had time for this. I feel bad saying that now. Brother Shaw told me I say it a lot. I wish I had time to preach this. I'm going to tell you that, that, that beast is so devouring that if you keep on reading, the Bible said that the beast actually turns around and devours Babylon from off his back. This, oh God, 11.40. You know what this is? This is cancel culture spirit. It's eventually going to devour itself. You can only tell little boys for so long that they get a choice to choose what sex they want to be. And it's eventually going to devour itself. I love the way the apostle wrote it. He said, doth not nature itself teach us? Folks, I'm not here to be rude and crude. I'm sorry, I'm not not here to be rude and crude. But I want to tell you, when people go get puppy dogs, they pick them up and they look at their belly. Come on, I know we got youngins in here. They pick them up and they look at their belly and they go, oh yeah, it's a boy. Oh yeah, it's a girl. And you can take off certain parts of both to keep them from reproducing and just because as I as, as, as I probably shouldn't say that he can't he ain't here with me Papa Bingham used to say stripped his running gears <laughs> take that little boy dog and strip his running gears it don't make him a girl dog Pastor, why do you talk about this all the time? Because John said, when I looked at her, I was like. I wasn't there, but it's like I can hear John Bishop saying, whatever you do, don't ever stop preaching about her. Whatever you do, don't you ever stop talking about her. Because until the day that she's destroyed, she's still riding. John was familiar in his general epistle. It was him that said, 
that the spirit of Antichrist is in the earth and now worketh. It's, it's already working. But she is so beautiful that if you look at her long enough, you'll begin to feel sympathetic towards her. And you'll get, you'll get around that spirit and you'll start saying, well, I guess if them martyrs would have left her alone, they wouldn't have been martyrs. Oh, pastor, that ain't going to happen. Folks, it's already happened. Our body was consuming itself during the stupidity of cuss word 19. Because pastors were trying to have church and people were saying, you're too dangerous. And it was the wrestling match of the century. If you had church, you were reckless. If you didn't have church, you were faithless. And Pentecost turned, the church world turned into two camps. The fools that did and the fools that didn't. Why was that happening? Because the enemy knows he's going to devour himself. And he's got to get the church. We better get on the same page. And we better start talking the same thing. Because it's probably not going to come in a virus next time. It may come in a mandate that says if you preach anything but this. Never going to happen. Well, if history repeats itself, it will. Come on. The more Catholic bishops came in. Knocking on people's door. They didn't do it themselves. They sent workers in. Soldiers in. Said, give us your Bible. No, that didn't happen. Oh, it did happen. It was church history. It wasn't just Roman soldiers. They were there by the order of bishopric. We're taking your Bible because we don't want you to read it yourself. Folks, I pray to God he comes back before the day comes. But this is why the psalmist felt it was important to hide his word in your heart. If your Bible was taken from you today, how much word would you know? That only happens in communist countries. Well, we're just a few days away from it if God don't help us. Come on, somebody needs to stand up and say something about this. This is, this is not about politics. It's about a beast. It's a system. And it's working in the earth. And it's doing everything it can to distract us and disrupt us and ultimately devour us. But I've already read the story. She's going to get devoured. But there's going to be a group with him. I'm sorry, but I can't preach this without getting excited. This is the end of our story. When I read this, it gives me hope. Hold on. Hang in there. Keep preaching. Keep believing. It's almost over. I know people in this room today, today, right now, I know this in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, there's people in this room right now that in the last several days you've asked yourself the question, is it is all this really necessary? Is it really worth it for me to live like, do I really have to live like this? You know what that is? Clippity-clop. 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 
Clippity clop. Here she comes. Do you hear her in the distance? Here she comes, apostolic church. Here she comes. She's trying to make you sympathetic towards her and make her believe that everything's going to be all right. Hey, listen to what I'm telling you. We've got to hold fast to that which we know to be truth. We've got to hold fast. I like the way Paul said it. He said, hold fast to the profession of your faith. Somebody say profession. Now, I know this is a little play on words, but if you look at the etymology of it, we're not far off right here. You know, professions, they're hard to find people in these days because people don't like to work. I want to tell you something about professions. I made up my mind a long time ago when I was a little boy. I don't, I, this is not against dentists. I just don't like going to the dentist. You know, I mean, I'm not a fan. You jump four feet off the bed and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, did I hit something? Nah. Just, I'm good. I ain't going to let some dude who professes today that he's a dentist, but last week he was a lawn manicurist. Come on. I ain't never seen nobody run a chain, chainsaw like Brandon Hensel. But he, bro, you ain't about to get up in here. I mean, that dude's got it. But if you come at my mouth like that, come on. I don't want somebody that ran a weed eater last week saying this week, I'm a barber. Oh, I'll sit right down. Why do I want to believe somebody this week that says that doctrine's not necessary anymore? But three months ago, they said you had to have it to get to heaven. I'm looking for somebody that makes a profession and holds on to it. I'm looking for somebody that says, I believe in holiness and I'll believe it till I die. I'm looking for somebody that still believes in one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. And I'm not changing my profession. I'm hurting. He said, why in the world do you marvel? Now this gets technical in here, but you just got to stay with it. I'm not, go, I'm, not, I'm not jumping on the deep end. I'm almost done. The angel said, I'm going to talk to you about this, this beast. He said, the beast that you saw, it was, and it is not, shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. Man, habits are so hard to break. I keep looking out of my left eye up here to see, like, when are they going to put that scripture on the wall? <laughs> You're doing good, bro. It ain't you. I'm ready to fire somebody. I'm like, my God, would you put something on that wall? I'm sorry. You forgive me? He said, the beast that you saw was, is not, shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. Man, I wish so bad we had six weeks to preach this. Shall go into perdition. They that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not. Listen to this language. 
yet is. So you understand, just because you think she disappeared in history and you think she's going to come, the beast is, the beast is going to come, that it's not. Oh, no, no. The beast is right now. It's working. And do you know what it has direct effect on? I can't stay here. But it has direct effect on the names written in the book. He said, that's the whole point of this beast. Its effect is on people whose names. You can be dismissed. He said, and here is the mind which hath wisdom. Seven heads or seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Some say this is Rome. It's a possibility. Some say it deals with Catholicism. It's a possibility. Also, we know that today in Istanbul, Turkey, Istanbul is known as the city of seven hills. Just south of there is Pergamos, which was the very seat of Satan where the dragon comes out and is given power. Uh, gives the beast the power. Who knows? This is what we do know. She's coming back. The beast is coming back. The woman's coming back. And he said, the ten horns that you saw are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour. Oh, God. Bishop, this is astounding. One, this beast is so powerful that in one hour with the beast, ten kings have power in the earth. Can I take you back this week, three years ago? Three years ago, this week. My family and I had got on a, a vacation cruise. It was the last one we did. Three years ago, Kobe died. Anybody remember Kobe dying? I've got the USA Today screenshot on my phone. Kobe Bryant filled the whole screen of the, of the paper. Kobe. And on the left, one little bitty margin. Strange, rare coronavirus. Five known cases in the United States so far. This week, three years ago. It starts spreading, and all the kings of the earth said, shut down in one day. Within 36 hours, the whole world was shut down. How's that happen? Because one hour with the beast. Yeah. 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 Woo! One hour with the beast. Watch this. These have... One mind. How many heads was it? Ten heads. But they're all thinking with the same mind. And then the kings of the earth that had power from the beast take all the power given. And they hand their power to the beast. Folks, I hope you're seeing this in your mind today. He said, and it's these that are on the same page. Pastor, I've heard you talking a lot about this thing going on over there in Switzerland and all that stuff. Why is that? Because it's ten heads with the same mind. Saying, let's get all on the same page. One religion. One system of vaccinations. We're going to make this whole, we're going to do this. Everybody's going to, it's all going to be the same. I'm like, yeah, so is the money. Come on. We're, folks, don't be afraid. We're watching it unfold. 
Well, what if they come against the church? They will. It's in the book. They have one mind. And they give their power to the beast. Their strength to the beast. And it's these that make war with the lamb. Oh, no, not war. They're going to make war. Oh, God, I'm telling you, I can't stay in my skin right now. They make war with the lamb. But the lamb... I'm telling you, I've got chills from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. The systems of this world make war with the lamb. And the lamb overcomes it. How does he do it? These are kings of the earth. Yeah, but he's the king of kings. These are the most powerful lords in the earth. But he's the lord of lords. And he shall overcome them. I'm there. I'm almost there. Can you not get excited about that? What about the persecution? Well, she's got to get drunk on the blood of something. Somebody got persecuted and hung on. Uh, And then... John sees this epic battle of this one world system, ten heads, one mind, making war. And the lamb, somebody say the lamb. This is not even in lion state. Can I tell you that our lamb is more powerful than their beast? The lamb shall overcome him, and he deserves the glory because he's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and he's the one that's doing the overcoming. You keep that? He's the one that's overcoming. Oh, God. He said, but there's a group that's with him. There's a group. Somebody shout, they. Somebody say, they are me. That's my pronouns. I'm with them. They that are with him are the ones that have been called. They've been chosen. And great God Almighty, they've been faithful. What are you saying? I'm saying when he overcomes, we overcome. When he wins. I got to ask this morning, is anybody on the Lord's side?
Brother Shaw, if you'll come play this morning, we're going to sing that same song in altar call. Somebody say called, chosen, and faithful. Can we do that one more time? Called, chosen, and faithful. That's who was with him. I said that's who was with him. But Elder Grisham, I want to tell you this morning. The called have been called by Jesus. You with me? He did the calling. The chosen have been chosen by God. 1 Peter 2 and 9. You are a chosen generation. Somebody help me now. A royal. Anybody here in the chosen people? The chosen people are holy people. That's what he said. He said, this is holiness people. They're peculiar people and you know it because they show forth the praises of him. He called us for the Jordan Fry. And he chose us. But he didn't just say they were called and chosen. He said they were faithful. God does the calling and God does the choosing. But God can't make me faithful. I feel like preaching to somebody this morning that Judas was as called and chosen as Peter was. Judas was as called and as chosen as John the Beloved was. But Judas was not faithful. You can be called and you can be chosen and not be found faithful. But Jesus did not say enter in, thou good and called servant. And he did not say enter in, thou good and chosen servant. He said enter in, thou good and faithful servant. So Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. You want to be faithful this morning? Pure and holy. Tried and true. This altar's open this morning. Lord, I want to be faithful to you this morning. And with Lord, I'll be a living. He can call you and he can choose you. But you've got to choose to be faithful today. When I stand before him called and chosen, I want to be found faithful. Woo! Oh, God. Is there a half dozen people or so today that would reach your hearts towards heaven? Say, God, I want you to find me faith. <laughs> Come on, maybe you're not comfortable. Maybe you're not used to altar calls like this. But you know that what I preached this morning, you want to be a part of that. Don't worry about who's standing next to you or what they're going to say. Just close your eyes. 
and get alone with God, maybe slip your hand up in the air and just say, Lord, if you hadn't called and chosen me, I wouldn't be here today. But my greatest desire is to be found.